0: kicking down this motherfucking door and we're doing that. Let's get into it. If there's anything that could be haunted, for sure that yeah. fucking chair's haunted. Yeah. Then again, the internet always wins. Stop. The internet always wins. Stop.
1: Searching around about uh, this dog I found. Let's be frank, there's
2: okay gentlemen back for another week this week we watched william s burroughs a man within from 2010 directed by yoni laser and i'm sure i pronounced that wrong um but uh about the uh the writer uh, william s burroughs in his life and i'm joined by mitch and christian as always um Hello. how are you, you? Know. how are you, fellows good excellent now before we actually get into this um, let me just tell you, I'm going to be, start fishing for a, a monster, uh, um, the, the monster advertising dollars. Cause this golden pineapple, uh, monster is delicious. Just so you know, oh, Jesus,
1: <laughs> I thought you meant like a big corporate sponsor. I oh, guess yeah. that, that's what that would be, but you yeah.
2: meant monster in particular. Oh yeah. No, oh, I know. Jesus. Yeah.
0: Well, Coca-Cola is like the biggest corporation, so we might as well go for the biggest.
1: I yeah
0: assumed you were talking about like a big fish you wanted to catch because the yeah. weather's getting nicer. So <laughs> I that's mean, why I was like, I don't know where this is going. That too.
2: Okay. I, I would uh I would
1: happily do that as well. There is that's a funny. chance that William S. Burroughs has fished before. Yeah. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um Just so sp-
0: don't be as like fucked up on drugs. Speak, probably yeah. like fish jacked on heroin. That's right. Yeah.
2: So speaking of Mr. Burroughs, um this, his, his story is eerily similar, kind of along the same lines, basically just, I think his personality to Hunter S. Thompson. That's funny yeah. you mentioned that.
1: Yeah. I was yep. looking him up today for the same reason.
2: Yeah. He reminds me so much of that. I mean, just with... we were friends, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean... Yeah. Di- they were? It didn't, yeah. It didn't talk about him much. Uh, Hunter, Hunter S. Thompson gifted him a gun. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean whether they were friends or uh, mere acquaintances because they're both writers and kind of running in the same circles. Um, yeah. And, uh, and you know, like their thematic uh, writings were, were kind of similar to drugs. Um, obviously, yeah. Hunter S. Thompson didn't uh, write quite as much about uh, homosexual uh, mm-hmm. topics. But, uh, um, but yeah, like very, very similar guys, uh, I feel. Cool. Yeah, I would I would agree with that in some points. Yeah, I mean, very much different as we all are. Yeah, um, but but just yeah, he, he reminded me so much of Hunter S. Thompson um, with the drug use, the guns. Uh, um, yeah, it it was very. Uh, it, it just brought me back to watching uh, Gonzo. Yeah, I. I'm Thompson's- surprised
0: of uh, the phrases and like words that are credited credited. To burrows like That's heavy right. metal, and there was like two other ones that I was like, "Holy shit!"
1: Mm, soft machine, Steely Dan, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that was neat. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, that was cool.
1: The one big one that he can't have claimed to come up with, Naked Lunch, like the one that he's the most famous for, yeah. um, is not his. Uh, Allen Ginsberg was writing letters. They were writing letters to each other about their writing, and he had miss perceived naked lust for naked lunch. And he was like, what the fuck is naked lunch? <laughs> and was like, you fucking idiot. It's naked lust, but naked lunch is fun too. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's
0: so, yeah.
2: so I've, I've never um, read anything by uh, Burroughs. Um, I've never seen the Cronenberg movie, naked lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell that you've never read Burroughs. Um, you have a house and a full-time job.
1: <laughs> so there's that. I've never Others read him called either. Called a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I've never read Burroughs either. Don't no. have that shit. But I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. um It's not yeah. writing for everyone, and it definitely has its place. But uh, a connection to Thompson. I think Thompson's a better writer. I've like I've read excerpts of Burroughs, mm-hmm. but like content alone and actual prose. I feel like Thompson's just a he's just a smarter writer. He's a, he's a better writer. He's a little right. bit more mature mm-hmm. and, uh, reigned in, yeah. in, in a good way. Like a fast horse is great, but if you can't fucking control it, there's yeah. there's no use to that horse. Sure. And I like, think if
0: you wanted to, uh, like read Burroughs's work and get into it and just not like kind of have an understanding of like, he was this way, but at the end of his life, he realized that like, oh, I should have just like loved and been kind of nice and it would have been way better. So yeah. I feel like if you have that information and then you go look at his work, You can be like, okay, I get like, he's an angry guy, but like, I don't know. It just seems like he just took anger and like, fuck everyone to like the 11th degree. And you're yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. I would calm agree. Down, buddy. Is that like everything, every moment of your life is shit and everyone is shit. Like, Chill the fuck out.
1: Yeah, which is, it's, this is a huge gripe I have with Burroughs, but we'll get into it that he, like, so, um, I guess, like, personally and literally and figuratively, metaphorically, and as a fucking simile, never paid for shit. Like, this should be titled William S. Burroughs, a man with no responsibility. Right. Yeah. Cause he, he paid for nothing. In his entire life.
2: And he was the heir to a wealthy family. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, so all right. We're just Didn't they mention in the
0: doc? but by the time he got that, it wasn't, like, there wasn't that much money?
1: There was no actual heir. Okay. Um, like, an estate. There was no estate for him to take control over. Mostly because, okay. like, his parents lived to be quite old, and then by the time they died, he had been... Uh, like a Southern American celebrity and actually, I guess, probably semi-international, at least in the Western sure. world, uh, like a, a literary celebrity. So, and uh-huh. just a regular old fucking like Pamela, what's her name? Paris Hilton uh, celebrity. Like he was a socialite. He wrote yeah. some things. They had their place, but then he just had this strange persona that he built. Persona, not identity or even person, because I call bullshit on a ton of this, but... Yeah, there was no inheritance, but he did receive an allowance of about three and a half grand per month until right. he was 55. So? That helps out. Like yeah. What would you do? Like the 50s. Yeah. I mean, this that was adjusted for inflation. It was about 250 bucks back in the 50s when he was just uh, oh okay. through school and just out of school, but right. it didn't stop until he was 50 years old and it increased right. compound well, indexed, I guess.
2: Even after yeah. he killed his wife. Yeah.
1: Isn't that fucking weird? Even after he killed his wife and abandoned his son, skipped jail, like uh-huh. uh, cons- like conspired with another person for their murder and helped them cover it up and crazy, crazy shit. Yeah. But. I think I missed that part. So. That wasn't in the doc. Oh. Um, this was something that I didn't know about until just today. And I've read about Burroughs a couple of times, like partial biographies and connected stories through the beat generation and right. the hippies and through like literature. But uh, a guy named Lucian Carr was a part of the beat group, like Kerouac, Ginsburg, Burroughs, Neil Cassidy, just these, the, the beat, the beat crew, I guess. Yeah. The Beatniks, the, the first ones, Herbert Hunk. They didn't talk about him in the documentary at all, but he was formative and hooking Burroughs up to heroin for the first time. He's the one who administered his first shot.
0: Yeah, oh. in the doc, they say it was... Uh, his, his nanny's like, boyfriend. Had, yeah.
2: They said, yeah, introduce him to opium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in like pill form, I think yeah. it was,
1: but... Um, Which is, that's fucking wild. Yeah, so uh, Lucian Carr was... Um, I don't know what he was trying to be. I think he was a poet or something, um, but he was he was a part of this crew that made up the first couple of beatniks and uh he was it's um not complicated i guess but uh, what's that word contentious mm-hmm. um whether or not this is the situation but lucy and Carr was followed around and basically harassed by a guy named uh camera cameraman cameron i think it was cameraman um i can't remember his first name greg or something adolf he was uh, harassing, stalking, sexually harassing, and then eventually, apparently, it became violent, but I've also heard this on behalf of Carr, that Carr was following around, cameraman, uh, and they were all friends, and one day, um, Jack Kerouac and Lucy Lucian Carr were at their favorite bar uh, in New York, I think it was called West Side, and uh, Jack Kerouac had left, And Carr came around to uh, some park close by. Cameraman bumped into Kerouac, asked where Lucien Carr was, because, of course, he's stalking him and, like, bugging the shit out of him. But they're all friends, but Mm -hmm. he's just, he's, this guy's insatiable, so goes the story. Uh, He, Kerouac, tells cameraman where Lucien Carr is, and apparently he was down in this park, and they meet up, and they go for a short walk. They stop off on the shore of... A river down there, probably on the shores of New York, I guess somewhere. It's all sure. Yeah, sure. Wait, really? No.
2: Could have been yeah. Hudson River.
1: Yeah. Oh, all right. Fine. Fuck it. Let's call it that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Uh, cameraman made uh, an advance on Carr. So goes the story. And Carr, like, it got physical. But cameraman was a pretty big guy. So Lucy and Carr pulls out uh, like a folding Boy Scout kind of knife, stabs him incapacitates him, ties up his body, like hog ties him, weights it down with rocks and just pushes it into the river. So he fucking killed cameraman and then collects his shit, goes down uh, to William Burroughs's apartment. I think this would have been what we know in the documentary mm-hmm. as the Bowery. Yeah. Uh, goes to Burroughs's apartment, tells him what's going on. Burroughs takes the bloody pack of cigarettes that he had uh had lifted from cameraman's dead body because obviously he wants free smokes, uh, yep. flushes them down the toilet because they're covered in blood. And he's just devising a plan on how they can sort of get away with this. But he does advise Carr to like turn himself in, but claim self-defense because cameraman is a homosexual. And back then it's like, uh what is that called? Gay panic. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was like the generation for that kind of shit. So in self-defense uh, car goes, I think elsewhere for the evening and uh, like days later uh, admits himself, I think to the DA's office. And uh, I think, I think he gets away with it. He doesn't actually go because they claim self-defense and uh, yeah, Burroughs knew about it the whole time.
0: That's hilarious. You can claim self-defense and you like get rid of the body.
1: Yeah. Like this is some fucking Robert Durst shit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like, beyond uh, all the stuff in the documentary, I read about this today, and I was like, holy fucking shit. Man, do, you think,
0: do you think Durst and Burroughs ever, like, met each other? That's something, like, I, fucking crazy. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Yeah, really. Like, they both lived yeah. in New York for a long time. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Like, Burroughs seemed to be everywhere. Hate yeah. everyone, but be everywhere. Yeah. I don't understand. This guy's a fucking contradiction.
0: It is weird how he, like, yeah actively hates everyone but people around him are just like oh my god you're so amazing yeah. you're so awesome which that would be funny to be a fly in the wall when they're just like oh my god you're amazing you're amazing and he's like you're a piece of shit <laughs> like, i fucking hate you yeah like, but like all that he heart. doesn't
1: want them to stop or walk away or leave him alone yeah yeah oscar wilde yeah. said the only thing worse than people talking about you all the time is no one talking about you yeah, or
0: like those people like. around him finally snap and be like, you know what, Burroughs, fuck you. And then he just breaks down and he's yeah. like, well, what are you doing? No. Yeah, why would yeah. you be so mean?
2: But I mean, like, he had a lot of long time companions. Like. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Like uh, Allen Ginsberg. Yeah. 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 I'm so like. <laughs> I don't want this to be all about like shitting
1: on him because the documentary was a good watch. It, yeah. It really was. And, oh, it definitely was. Yeah. I just. I feel like I knew some things about Burroughs and he was sort of a neat character who shattered some kind of transparent barrier that allows you to move forward, but you didn't know why you were bumping into this invisible thing. And it was Mm -hmm. great. But after Mm -hmm. watching this, I'm like, I don't know. This guy just seems like he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, spat it out, and then whined like a fucking baby until he died. That being
0: said, though, you kind of have to take away like the personal like life of this crazy fuck. And then like his art, because just having his art stand on its own has like influenced so much shit. Yeah, With,
1: like, for sure. Iggy
0: huh? Pop and like other.
1: Yeah. Music, oh, that's yeah, like, super valuable. And, if we didn't have like, Iggy Pop, I don't even know that I would be able to wear black today. Yeah, I know. Just like Iggy Pop, man, he's so fucking cool. Mm, I didn't expect you to respond to that like that, <laughs> <Why>? but no, <laughs> I all I meant was that like we we can separate the art from the artist, but ought we like should should we do that i'm not saying one way or another but for right now i'm i'm gonna separate them for the sake of being able to talk about both of them because this documentary encompassed everything at least in a broad stroke Uh but um
0: yeah i'll bring up the same question if we watch like a woody allen doc or like a michael jackson documentary
1: yeah i've actually i as far as i know unless it was an accident i've never seen a woody allen
0: movie oh I forget oh, right. what Woody Allen movie it is, but at the end, the joke is like his friend making a reference to having sex with an underage girl.
1: That's like the point. And of that's how the so movie itself. ends, and we're like, "Oh, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh no! Like, God damn!" He, Kevin Spacey himself. Yeah.
2: No, no it was weird. his
1: friend. He
2: wasn't him. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. I, I'm just asking for our friend. That, <laughs> that's the type of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'll just make a movie, and then I'll just look directly at the camera.
2: That should be
1: the title of Woody Allen's documentary. Asking for a friend. <laughs> um, the story of how to get away with stuff.
2: <laughs> just stuff. Just general <laughs> stuff. Um, some of the best footage in this doc was uh, when Burroughs is an old man um, like fucking around with the weapons. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he, just like with, with the knife. And he's just going, Whoa, Whoa, like, yeah. just like like doing <laughs> moves with the knife. I'm like, Dude, you're like a an old, old, frail looking yeah, man yeah. and you're just yeah. like you're
1: terrifying. Yeah. yeah. While you were drinking yeah. beers, I was training with the blade. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And but, then like the one uh hand like the giant ass handgun that he has, and yeah. the, you can hear a voice in the background be like, That thing's gonna put you on your ass. And he's like, <laughs> I got this.
2: <laughs> this I'm lanky right. old man, yeah. And, and they that talk was fun. they talk about his um involvement in kind of like her political leanings and you know, very very liberal. That, like, you don't you don't put those two together uh, in this day and age. That someone who who is openly um, into guns and weapons mm. um, to to someone left leaning, right? No, um, not typically. No. Um, so so that was kind of like a little kind of mind fuck to to kind of wrap your head around because he seems very. Um, Pro Second Amendment, I would say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, which I mean, you you can be left leaning and still be pro Second Amendment. Uh, yeah, I think you but, would shift from being liberal to a libertarian. Yeah,
0: yeah. Every man I think if you like have the mentality of like, jacking a needle into your veins, you're probably gonna be like, man, guns are pretty fucking cool.
1: Yeah,
2: pretty for harmless.
0: Sure. <laughs> but so, uh, like, what if I like stick the needle in and then shoot the machine gun? Like that has to be the craziest feeling ever.
2: Yeah, right? I bet you he did that absolutely yeah but like he doesn't come off as a as a left-wing leaning person like no his, his not through
1: his words but, but m- maybe his, through his actions for sure but his one
2: yeah I, and i guess this is words but his one quote was like um like taking guns from people who who don't do illegal stuff like mm-hmm. that's a very right-wing um talking point yeah uh, and saying that uh you know you can't leave good people um, unarmed against tyranny. tyranny. Yeah. Uh, And also like, I don't
1: want to live in a society that the only people with guns are the cops and the army.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah. So like, that's seems like a very right wing uh, uh, ideology, but yeah. And, and I don't really give a crap about uh, (laughs) William S. Burroughs political stance, but it's just, it's just funny to, to just see someone who, you know, is so much, because I would, I would, I think I'm correct in saying that the majority of the beat generation is very, very left-leaning. Um, yeah, like, I either
1: left-leaning or somehow left-leaning yet apolitical. Yeah, Like if you were to assign them, which they would probably deny, they would likely land left yeah, yeah, they would likely deny. They it all though.
0: grew up in like a super, super social conservative time. Right. Yeah. Like so, it's only now. And this is how you have to do it. Like, um, what's his face with the cool mustache, John Waters. Yes. Which had like yes. everything that is in popular culture about the '50s was like, oh, it was the greatest time. It was the best time. And he was like, no, it fucking sucked yeah like it's so fucking weird that everyone had like a white house with the white picket fence and you have like two and a half kids and the dog and you're just like this is fucking crazy mm-hmm. right so i'm like oh yeah that's an interesting interesting take so of course you'd just be like oh everyone is perceived to be nice like fuck that i'll just go completely this way
2: well yeah and, and kind of that like i was watching uh there's a john wayne gacy uh, documentary series on netflix and i was I was watching that and was talking about his his early life and uh, moving to Waterloo, Iowa, and mm. that's exactly how they described it. it was such an idyllic place. Everyone knew everybody. Uh, kids played out on the street. People uh, still hired clowns for birthday parties. Not, <laughs> not in Waterloo. He oh, just okay. he just raped a guy. <laughs> he did know. it for free. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. There was no hiring. Yeah. John Wayne Gacy yeah. sentenced to ten.
0: Was, he kind of just did like the it thing where he just hung out in the sewers.
2: Sentenced to ten years, spent a a year and eighteen months in jail, or something, or a year and not that'd be over two years. Jesus. A year and like two months. for like months.
0: straight rape
2: for sodomy. Yeah. Oh
0: wow. Yeah,
2: sodomy in Waterloo. But but <laughs> the point of that story was like oh, yeah. they they described Waterloo, Iowa, as this like idyllic place where mm. you know there's no crime. Um, everybody was it's friends with, with yeah well. They, they didn't say it, but yeah. Uh, if you say that, it encompasses yeah. the rest yeah. of yeah. everybody. Because
0: they they're like, dude, we're in Iowa. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah.
2: Everybody's friends with everyone. And, and like, yeah, it was very much the white picket fence mm-hmm. uh, American dream uh, community. Iowa. So, like Mitch said, like, yeah, pop culture, um, like you watch Greece or Happy Days or whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it shows that, but. That's not really what the '50s was. There's a famous,
0: no. um, there's a famous BBC uh, radio news from the '50s where they just went on the radio and they're like, basically, today is a great day. There's no news. That's
2: right. Yeah, I've I've heard that. Go
0: kill it, everyone. We. I was on CBC, about,
1: BBC. What? Oh, BBC. Yeah. Yeah,
0: the BBC. So yeah. in Britain, they were just like, we have no news today. Yeah. <laughs> 50s, we're good, and they're
1: like, holy shit. Enjoy your day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the idea of the fifties being um, like a, a, a turning point because it's, it's nicely nestled directly in the middle of the 20th century. Yeah. yeah. And like the first half was pretty fucking sweet with the industrial revolution really kicking off. And then it was the 20s. Well, actually I guess it was world war one and then pff, the twenties and that was great. And then it was the thirties and that was shitty. And then I guess it was the forties and that was shitty too. And then it was the 50s and that was like sh- like good shitty, shitty good. Like it was, everyone was fucking each other in the ass and doing heroin and trekking across the country with no shoes on. And that's pretty cool. But then it all just sort of trivialized itself that uh, the hippies saw all this happening, but they were like, man, that's like, that's grungy. <laughs> like that's like film noir kind of shit. And they didn't like it. It was all negative. Like there was there was great positive revolutionary energy, but then it got transferred over to the hippies. Like the beat generation just kind of, I don't know, like they blew their lungs all out. Not like they exploded their lungs, but like they, they blew their breath and that was it. And then the next generation has to inhale all of what they've just breathed out. And then they can breathe it back out into the next and on goes the future. But it didn't really happen. They, they breathed in just the easy parts. Like, doing drugs and not having a job and just having an idea of anti-establishment, but not really having the guts or bones to keep it going. Cause I think there was, there was great movement with guys like Burroughs and Kerouac and Ginsburg, oh. Cassidy and, um, fuck who was the guy who was doing the sexual revolutionary stuff? Um, Harry, it's not Kissinger. No. <laughs> Houdini? No. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, um, Art? no, he wasn't in this documentary. Oh. Um, yeah, it was just another guy. He was doing, uh, like psychology, sexual psychology. Um, he was the guy who was doing tests to see if, um, homosexuality or sexuality itself was, uh, genetic. Like if it was biological or not. Right. To see if there are sexual orientations that you are not destined to fall into, but that's exist uh, yeah. biologically or physiologically uh, i can't remember his fucking name anyways but it just it seemed like the 50s like it's just such a great it's a great time like the 50s to 60s probably the greatest in modern history besides the french revolution it's pretty sweet but or yeah. like a certain Viva la, france. Viva la france yeah exactly i just didn't yeah To so like to connect that to burroughs i just didn't i didn't like the idea of this transition into No responsibility. Uh I like the idea of no responsibility, but I know it's not realistic. So let it go. And it just, it seems like he accidentally lived a life where he, he began with no responsibilities. He was handed everything, threw it all away because he just didn't, he just didn't want to do what everyone else was doing. Even if he could have made great change by still breaking the rules, but doing it a little bit wiser I don't know. Like yeah. he seemed to fuck a lot of people over. He was oh, like a uh, ginger Baker. Like they lived yeah. really yeah, similar lives.
0: Absolutely. absolutely. Um, how cool is it that Burroughs did MK ultra LSD?
1: Yeah. If that's true, that's pretty Fucking sweet. Cool.
0: Yeah. It was like allegedly like 30 to 50 times more potent. <laughs> they
1: looked- didn't. Um, I mean, Sorry. like, <laughs> could you imagine doing MK ultra LSD and then talking to a guy like L Ron Hubbard? Yeah, because he did yeah. um, oh, yeah. not the lsd thing but like he was a scientologist for a long time
2: Burroughs was yeah really? oh yeah
1: i don't like this is what i mean like yeah. they didn't talk about any of the bad shit they talked about the sensational bad shit like shooting yeah, your fucking yeah. wife in the brain or leaving your kid behind and then that's it, what
0: kind of irked me that like all the interviews with people were just kind of kissing his ass
1: it's like ginger baker like yeah, G- it's yeah. Like, he's kind of a piece of shit but no one calls him out on it
0: um yeah i guess more so ginger baker because there was people that were like he's a great like a great musician but like i'm not gonna work with them mm.
1: yeah i guess but like burroughs didn't get other, there,
0: like though. burroughs contemporaries that told a story about like oh one time i showed him this story and he just looked at me and punched me in the face and said i was <laughs> yeah. a fucking idiot or something true they're like wow what a fucking asshole
1: yeah it's yeah it seems like everyone everyone yeah. just like told the good stories
0: it, yeah. it's, it's super sad but it made me chuckle that after his son died he was like oh shit i should have actually been a dad mm. And I'm like dude when the fucking game's over you're like oh no i want to play now like no dude, you had 30 years and you just fucked up yeah i guess that's years.
1: like that's what i mean by like he he was like not he didn't he chose to not be responsible for anything yeah. so we'll get into it now, I guess literally he wasn't financially responsible because he got a fucking allowance, like a huge allowance that would, that would pay for my apartment rent. And then some plus like vehicle insurance. If I like needed a vehicle living in downtown New York in the fifties, like it's a cheap place to live. I think especially in something like the Bowery. Um, so like he wasn't, he wasn't financially responsible. He wasn't, he devised an identity that wasn't socially responsible because he was this strange old educated man versus everyone else. Like he was quite a number of years older than uh, like Kerouac and Ginsburg and all these other guys. So he wasn't, he wasn't socially responsible because he developed this persona of like the gentleman junkie and everyone for some reason looked up to that. He wasn't, uh, literally responsible for like he so he wasn't morally responsible because he had this dependency to heroin so like you can kill your wife and abandon your son get him addicted to heroin and alcohol and then you're like wow don't like i've got demons too and be like are you fucking kidding me like like you said man just like just just be a dad like it's too yeah, late
0: I think he like straight up influ- like Introduced his son to heroin.
1: He did actually. Um, he did. His parents threatened to cut off. So this was shit that I learned just today because I found an article in New York in the New Yorker, uh, oh. written by their like chief art critic, and it brought some fucking crazy things to light. And like cross referencing with other articles and his Wikipedia page and uh, and whatnot, his biographers, um, Miles. I remember his first name. Uh, wrote hey, a pretty it's... extensive. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Miles was his last name. Anyway, that was his biographer, one of his biographers, and uh, all this this stuff seems to check out. But um, no, his parents threatened to kick him off of an allowance, and they basically demanded, half ultimatumed him to take care of his son because he killed his wife and then abandoned his son. And his Burroughs' parents were like, "You need, like, you have a son, just just be there for him." So we did. He took him up. I think when he was maybe like 13 or 14, um, they went to live in Tangiers and that's where he introduced him to heroin and alcohol and oh. sort of encouraged it all.
2: Father yeah. of the year. Yeah. And cool. it just
1: like, that's <laughs> that's fucked. And then you Good somehow, drink, Papa. yeah. And, um, so, and, a part of the lack of responsibility is that Burroughs blames his wife, Joan uh, Vollmer's death for his becoming a serious writer through like the appalling circumstances of that. I blew my fucking wife's head off. Um, and then uh, he reveals that he thinks an ugly spirit in his words, uh, like deflected the bullet into Joan's head. Like he was drunk as fuck and she was drunk as fuck and he didn't have the wherewithal to not point a gun at his wife's head being a fucking misogynist anyways, like sleeping around behind her back with men in Mexico and then miraculously or unmiraculously shoots her in the forehead. It's just ridiculous. But like this guy doesn't
2: even go to fucking jail. He pleads that like, uh, doesn't have a trial. Like I don't think he was even arrested
1: no so like well he so his lawyer did come up with um uh, a claim what was it Uh, oh the gun went off accidentally that's what his lawyer he had a mexican lawyer but that's what his lawyer had concluded uh Uh, is going to be the case and burroughs parroted it perfectly and readily that it wasn't me of course it wasn't me then why would i do that i loved my wife even though i was fucking mexican boys and it went off accidentally and i blue or square or in the forehead, but doesn't go to jail for it. Also so doesn't that be a perfect shot. And then doesn't morally or personally pay for it by just accepting responsibility and blame. Right. Like he claims that it was this fucking evil spirit that directed the bullet to her forehead. So like, and then the last and grandest lack of responsibility that this person's life displays is that he lives to be like 83 he doesn't yeah. even die young, like Jack no. Kerouac. Jack Kerouac never fucking killed his wife, didn't help cover up a murder, didn't do drugs to the point of, like, I don't know, abandoning kids all across the country, didn't yeah. skip bail. Like, <laughs> there was an instance where Jack Kerouac was in jail in connection with the Lucian Carr uh, thing, like the murder on the waterfront, Yeah, and... Yeah. uh phoned his dad Burroughs' his dad paid it out he paid the bail so he got to leave but Carowax's dad was like no I'm not paying it and it was only it was 100 bucks so it was like maybe 1500 bucks back then yeah um didn't pay it though i think that, that was in 44 44 45 um but didn't pay it and jack just stayed in jail for a little while he had nothing to fucking do with it but yeah he paid and burrows didn't pay but so like the last I'm ditch sure is that. Charles went to the jail and
0: was like, "Hey, this guy like has nothing to do with this. Like, just kind of let him out." Like he had enough money that he could have thrown or influence. Could have. So, like yeah. get my friend out, not like oh he's in there, cool.
1: Yeah, could have. I don't. I don't know if he did. I won't say one oh. way or another. But I, I think the last kicker is that this guy was kind of a fucking like a careless dickhead his whole life. Produced yeah. a little bit of profound art, and then lived a complete full life grand with celebrity fame until he was an old man. He didn't even pay for it with his life.
2: And so do you think his art is, is revered because it's good and it's great or because it's shocking? Uh,
1: like his liter his literary literary Yeah. Um, I don't know. He talked, I think it's like, shocking. Yeah. I think it's shocking for well, its time. I think it's yeah. still
2: shocking, really. One of, one of the interviews in this documentary says, you know, when you're releasing a book, your best PR person is a book ban, it's like a, yeah. a censor. Yeah. It yeah. was yeah. only banned for a year yeah. in one state. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I mean, that puts it on the map for everyone, right? It does. Yeah. Um, Especially in a state like Massachusetts. I yeah. Mean, I
1: know that they're relatively Catholic, being like with Boston and all, but yeah, I mean, like they're also a really, really intellectual state. They're like one of the smartest states in the entire U S but so for them to ban a book, you're like, Oh, it must've been really bad. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason. Yeah. And then they like backpedaled because it had social merit or something, whatever they said. Yeah. Reasonable merit.
2: Um, Yeah. So yeah. So like, I guess that's what I'm getting. Like is he as popular as he is now just because people like, See the jackass of uh, of our time. Like pe- jackass is mm. uh, is popular because it's shocking, right? People watch it like, holy shit, mm-hmm. did they actually just do that? So were people reading William S. Burroughs' literature and be like, holy shit, he actually wrote this? Like th- this is being written about? Like, yeah, um, this is wild. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. I think it's what Christian said. It was like yeah. it was the time. Yeah, and I mean, because like, I was in high school when like Vice magazine was like cool and like what vice magazine was of just like not sh- sh- kind of shocking but just like this is the news and wild shit that goes on in the world that was like a critical time for me to see that at that age to just be like holy fuck, there's like one news outlet that does this thing that's on tv or whatever and then there's this whole other thing right so like it kind of just makes you think differently so i think with burrows it's kind of the same thing but it gets weird because it it would be weird to have like a bunch of teenage kids to be like hey you guys should read Burroughs. and then like even if one of them tries heroin out of that i'd be like oh man sorry buddy like i didn't mean for that to happen
2: <laughs> you missed the point yeah. and that's yeah. what that's yeah. what the one interview says like right yeah. i think yeah, it was water yeah Waters. exactly yeah. he says yeah. you know like has one person tried heroin because of uh, his work maybe yeah Is that such
1: a bad thing? Yeah. I don't know that it outweighs it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I tend to agree. I mean,
1: I know that like trying heroin is different from overdosing on heroin, but I don't know. I think that like, perhaps if you're the kind of person who's inclined to try heroin, I don't know that it takes you reading a book to do that. Right. (laughs) Kind of crazy. That's just nowadays. Back then, for sure. I mean, like, because heroin was kind of hard to find. And books
2: weren't. I still have no idea where to find heroin. I'll, <laughs> we'll talk after. Okay.
1: 50s
0: heroin, I wonder if it was like crazy pure or it was like 50s weed where it was just yeah. like dirt and like bullshit.
1: It had to go through a long trek to get to New York and it was cut a couple of times. But yeah, it was still relatively strong. Heroin that made it to just before the West Coast was garbage. Like Midwest to West Coast heroin Absolute really? trash. Yeah, um, just because it it was processed, not really processed, I guess, but it was it was grown in like Laos, Vietnam uh, area, yeah. and then it was processed by Turks on the coast, shipped uh, through like Italy and the Mediterranean, and then oh, it okay. left right. Gibraltar and it hit the shores of uh, I guess whatever fucking state that is New York. Yeah, um, and then it and then it was cut from there by people, but so like at that point it was really only cut maybe. Two or three times and so yes. it wasn't yeah. so bad but by the time yeah. it made it through the states there's a lot of people in the u.s yeah. who are looking for this shit whereas people in turkey like greece italy gibraltar or spain they are not super interested um because it's it's more readily available uh, it doesn't the ha- look at the view yeah it doesn't have to be cut so hard but yeah by the time it gets to the states it's the the east coast of the states it's it's not cut too bad well, I did not know you were a heroin expert, so
0: that's
2: fun. I can see the marks from here. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> you need help. Full disclosure Christian does not do heroin, as far as yeah. I know. No, I have paint. I did yes. take it up.
0: I <laughs> didn't Yeah, It's just a month experiment. I'm trying yeah. something new. He needed to need.
2: add some realism to the, uh, the podcast.
0: <laughs> It'll be a real gene,
1: inject it through your eyeballs. Paint? Oh, my God, that'd be cool. <laughs> well, this is my last episode, folks. Thanks. <laughs> I can see heroin. I can see heroin now. <laughs> the paint is gone. Yeah. Um I actually just read today that uh there's there's a heroin underdose mystery that someone who can do heroin regularly with a, a typical dose that um apparently then <laughs> doesn't kill them because they've done it multiple times, a st- their standard dose. Um is is tolerable for them. But then if they, uh, so the mystery has sort of been solved, but everyone was curious as to why sometimes heroin users who had a typical dose undershot and died be- uh. because of the heroin. Well, sort of because of the heroin
2: so um, withdrawals.
1: No, yeah. it's, it's far more, um, <laughs> less, it's less mysterious, but it's, uh, I guess I don't really know how to describe it. It's because you're in a novel place. Um, A lot of instances where chronic heroin users—is there not a chronic heroin, like a weekend heroin user? I think so. All right, so not those guys. Yeah, you Um, shoot
0: it like in between, like the palms of your hands and in your fingers, so you don't see. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, bro. Interesting.
0: In an office, man.
1: (laughs) They um, so like chronic heroin users. Uh, are, are not known, but it it's, it's being recorded now. And a pattern has been recognized that if you're used to shooting up in your living room at night, and then for some reason you can shoot the same or less, I guess more would be even worse, but it's, it's absolutely possible for you to shoot less than you typically do. But if you're in a new place, like if you score, you've got no time, you're out of your city and you just shoot in an alleyway or like you're in the bathroom somewhere at a restaurant uh, or you're literally something as simple as you're used to shooting in your living room, but you just, you woke up uh, in your bed and you were like shaking like fucking crazy. So you just, yeah, you're Jones you shoot there. It's entirely possible that being in a novel environment somewhere that you've never typically shot up before is the thing that kills you. There's, there's an overproduction in the brain that there's some kind of Pavlovian response. Like you've clinically conditioned yourself to be able to tolerate particular doses in particular places. So it's like uh, people who are sleeping in a new place they don't actually drop into their full sleep cycles because part of their brain, part of their sensory receptors
2: says, where the fuck am I? Yeah.
1: yeah. Cause you know, your you know deep down that you are not in your normal place, yeah. which is like you're sleeping in a new cave a million years ago. Like it's, it's a new place. See,
0: that's, that's so awesome. Cause that just means throughout our history, people were just getting fucked up at night by every fucking thing so it's just hardwired into our mind like wait we're in a new spot oh my god it's getting dark we're all gonna fucking die i can't completely sleep
1: yeah yeah holy shit yeah so maybe that's like where like deep cycle sleeping came from and like maybe your brain can expand that's being said
0: yeah european like when europeans first came over here that first sleep in north america that's a doozy
1: no such thing yeah we're still trying to get there yeah, no, but it's like instead of the stoned ape theory, it's the sleepy ape theory. You just you finally found a place where you could settle and it was actually safe. So like yeah. for generations, you just you got good sleep. I just actually heard
0: a thing that like um, why uh, most master bedrooms and a house are on the second floor. It's just to be because we evolved to be even like in level. So we're like a little bit above. So if anything happens, you can like come down.
2: Even in bungalows? right?
0: Well, no, not bungalows.
1: But. <laughs> no, like yeah, sleeping up in like the first couple of canopies of a tree. Yes. So yeah.
0: yeah, and then in the hierarchy of like monkeys and shit. I think the more oh, important fuck. ones sleep higher. I so never like thought about that. Bedroom of the, should. Kick out of the tree.
2: Yeah, I just sleep in a tree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. I got a sick little tree for it. Sweet yeah yeah so we're all just scared monkeys still running around yeah we
1: really are and like you yeah you can be like hitting heroin hard but accidentally you shot up in the kitchen because you were hungry and you're like oh fuck i'm hungry and high and then you die yeah What we're
0: like the first and only you're in like vietnam and you're just shooting up heroin and then you're like oh man i can only do heroin comfortably in an active war zone
1: yeah (laughs) i mean like the rate of people going back to Vietnam when they came home for two reasons was super high that, well, yep. <laughs> they, first of all, the heroin that you could get back in the States was fucking garbage compared to oh, like absolutely. Laotian or Vietnamese, yeah. North Vietnamese heroin. Cause That's it was, jungle yak. it was completely uncut. It was raw. Yeah. Um, and then exactly that, that they had PTSD and there was, there was really no place for them back in the States. They were reviled. They were yeah. soldiers in an unjust war, and they came home,
2: and they had no friends until they opened up a shrimp fishing business and uh, yeah, partnered with their legless captain. It does change everything.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, great movie by the way. <laughs> Forrest Gump. Best yeah, movie. man.
0: Apollo 13 was
2: cool.
0: Oh, Forrest Gump. Forrest yeah,
2: Gump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, man. We, William S. Burroughs was uh, was an interesting dude.
1: Yeah. I don't know that I want to read his writing because I feel like once I read it, I won't be able to read anything else with the same mind. I, know I would that, like, like
0: it'd be interesting to meet someone that knows about his writing because then you're just like, ah, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. You're kind of a fucky dude. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah
1: I can I'm tell you like, read Burroughs. It's
0: like, you're an asshole. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, okay. But like his, his contemporary writers, like uh, Jack Kerouac, I've read a handful of Jack Kerouac novels and
2: they're Fucking amazing. Yeah. Great writer. So th- you said Ginsburg was quite a bit younger than than Burroughs? Yeah, I believe okay. so. Yeah. Uh, he definitely looked it. Um Yeah. Burroughs looked like an old man when he was like 30. I guess that's yeah.
1: heroin though. <laughs> Did yeah. it say when
0: he started doing heroin? Like in like what a teenager?
1: Oh fuck. I knew I should have written this down. No, I mean like so this is something that wasn't talked about in the documentary, and I don't really know why, but uh, Herbert Hunk. Hunky, maybe I'm not sure how to say his name, but
0: I've heard it said that way. Hunky. I don't know who he is, but I've heard that. No, Herbert Hunk.
1: Hunk, yeah. Well, just because his nickname was Hunk, Hunk the Junkie, but it would make more sense if it was Hunky the Junkie.
0: Yeah,
1: Anyways. exactly. I was just
0: gonna say that. Yeah. Put a on everything, guys. Come on. And his last
1: name has an E.
2: E in E it is, so. they fucked that up, stupid. Yeah. Un-
1: Fuck it. Fuck you, Herb.
2: So he yeah. was born in 1914. Um, it says after he was turned down by the o- office of strategic services and the Navy, he developed a heroin addiction. Uh, oh, okay. that's a so that would have been like 1942.
0: Yeah. Want
1: to go or me. shoot
0: heroin. It
2: yeah.
1: Like heroin. So like the beat, like beat next, they all kind of knew each other for like 10 or 12 years before all their shit really hit the fan. Cause I think, um, uh, I think oh. On the Road came out in, like, 59, maybe 58. Um, yeah, in the talk, maybe, it was like
0: three or four years.
1: Yeah, like he was, yeah, he was developing it for quite a while. And he had written Kerouac, now I'm talking about, it. he developed yeah. uh, a few other novels. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm positive that uh, Herbert Hunk shot uh, Burroughs Up for the first time when it was, like, maybe, yeah, probably, I guess, 42. I mean... It says that his addiction began in forty two, but it doesn't say how. They
0: were right, using yeah. those cool old school glass needles too. So, yeah, that's fun.
2: So he was convicted of manslaughter in his wife's uh, okay um, murder, um, but uh, he uh, received a two year suspended sentence, which means he didn't spend any time in jail at all.
1: Oh, neat! Um,
2: don't do that again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I won't get married. Don't worry.
2: <laughs> so when I was, uh, like I'm just reading here, um, kind of just going back to the murder of his wife. So he initially claims that he was drunkenly attempting a William Tell stunt. Mm. Uh, and then he told investigators later he had been showing pistols to his friends when it fell, hit the table and fired the bullet. Right. Yeah.
0: Words like that? Just directly right in her face? Yeah. <laughs> That's and- a
2: that must have been the
0: same gun that killed Kennedy then.
2: Yeah, that's true, actually. The Magique Bullet.
1: Yeah, yeah, later in his life, he wrote a secondary trilogy, because I think the first one was, um, like, The Soft Machine. Um, fuck, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. The Soft Machine trilogy. Uh, the second one that he wrote, um, he identifies women as the sex enemy. Oh. And is just, he he tends to go off on these strange writing ticks where he, he begins down an idea tunnel or he falls down a rabbit hole and then writes himself into some kind of like belligerent stupor but it always seems to revolve back around women so and like that was after theory, he killed his wife it's like,
0: and then the Jews did it you're like oh Jesus yeah, like if my wife hadn't have existed well that will be kind of re interesting to read his work then because you could be like oh dude paragraph 3 is clearly when he shot up heroin because from mm. here on it just makes no fucking sense
1: yeah yeah, so like when they were talking about his uh, cut-up style with Brian Gisson, maybe that was because it was completely fucking incoherent to begin with. And yeah. like, Well, maybe if we like cut it up and rearrange it, it was coherent at some point. Yeah, we'll like that's anti- not
0: a word. That's not a sentence. Yeah, we'll There's do like numbers. Reverse like, drugs. What is this? Why is there Chinese character? It's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? What kind of typewriter yeah. is that? It'll all make sense.
1: If you hold the shift key, it flips all the arms around, and you start typing. You just have to look Cantonese. at it at a
0: forty-five degree angle, upside down on a Thursday.
1: Oh, if only. But yeah, that is
0: funny. I, that might have been his friends, just like, "Hey, dude, none of this makes sense. Let's just cut this up and fuck around with it.
1: Yeah, I'm not a good writer in order, but maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe I'm a good crafter. Like, can... if I just
0: rewrite the dictionary, and then we'll put all those words in. I'm a we got looker. It. We got every word.
2: Did you know that uh, William S. Burroughs worked as an exterminator?
1: Yeah, for a little while. He had a little memoir about it, too.
2: Yeah. The Nazis?
1: No, like bugs. Like Different
0: kinds of. And he's around the same time and he didn't get in a a spy. So maybe he was like, I want to go the other side.
2: And his next uh, his next job was a heroin uh, dealer. Cool. She sold heroin as well in Greenwich Village. Because
0: he killed cockroaches, so he wanted to be in the mindset and understand (laughs) the cockroach.
2: Where are they going to be when I
1: just
0: re up? Yeah. If I shoot up, they're going to be around this corner.
1: (laughs) If I shoot up, yeah. They'll smell it. Yeah. (laughs) Is Burroughs here?
0: Yeah. Uh oh.
1: I can smell his breath. He was definitely not a nice guy.
0: It would have just been funny to see no. him interact in like a public scenario.
1: Yeah. And that, I guess that like brings me to my next scathing point. No, I'm not very good at this. Um, he, like when they're later in his life and he's got this strange, like jerk off den out in the middle of his field <laughs> and he's walking around with Kurt Cobain and like people you from, see they for sure. They did. So weird. where do you think Cobain got the idea to shoot himself in the face? Burrow shot him in the face first. <laughs> no, that's not true. Maybe it's true. I don't know. No. Well, neither no. of them can defend
0: themselves. That is crazy because Burrow's like, you did a reversey of me.
1: <laughs> Watch out, bud. <laughs> I, I frequently do this. <laughs> Come into my <laughs> black room, and I'll show you how it's done. Yeah, I and just I thought not like seeing um, those
0: construction workers. Like, what's the shed for, Mister Burrows? He's like, I'm gonna get high and jerk off in it. I'm like,
2: okay, okay. I'm collecting orgone energy. So, yeah. speaking of which, uh, so my boss has a a nice hut um, that he ice fishes in in the winter. Hmm. Um, you don't
0: have to tell us the story, Tyler.
1: It's okay.
2: No, we we do. We have to put this out in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought you were gonna say like, I'm asking for a friend. No. So not this past winter winter before gets a phone call from his buddy that shares the, uh, ice hut with, and he's like, Hey, oh, did you let anyone like tell anyone they could use our ice hut?" And he's like, no, he's like, Oh, it's like, I just saw some guy walking off the ice, like from it. He's like, Oh, I don't know. That's weird. So kind of followed him down and, uh, you walked between another house and, uh, it turns out he broke into this house and there was like a homeless guy living uh-huh. in there. And, mm-hmm. uh, so neighbors confront him, and he brings out this like gaff hook that he made into a weapon. And it was cops come, arrest him, everything like that. Yeah. And so, but he goes out to the ice hut, and basically that's what he was using this ice hut for, is a, a William S. Burroughs Orgone Energy... Uh, collection uh, facility. Yeah. Oh. There was just drug uh, drug paraphernalia <laughs> and uh, <laughs> semen everywhere.
1: He's just, there's orgone <laughs> yeah. all over this place. Yeah, yeah. Holy
2: so, balls. And Police it turns out... Collection. Turns out I went to high school with this guy. Oh, nice! Yeah, so he he was—he uh, might have been a, a reader of uh, Burroughs' work. Oh, no doubt. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It pushes I think he you wasn't places. Doing
0: that in the middle of a frozen lake. Yeah. yeah. He's well, like, no, you, know, you that's, know, where's the
2: most—that's
1: how you do it in place. Canada.
0: Yeah, yeah. True.
1: I've had my fair share of uh, days on the lake. <laughs> Is that what they say?
0: Old shed
1: days. <laughs> the old shed days.
2: So it says here, uh, only in fucking January Burroughs had very much magical beliefs as well. He had a preoccupation with magic and the occult. Yeah. Well, if he
0: was into fucking Scientology.
2: Yeah. So
1: this is, this is going to connect back to a doc we did a long time ago, going clear, mm-hmm. uh, the Scientology, something or other. Um, he the had achieved, was that?
0: No, I was just saying like the true. Story. Yes. The,
1: the true, the true story, true um, Going clear. I didn't realize I was reading up on Burroughs, and he had achieved a a particular level within Scientology called a clear. He
0: was. Oh, he he went clear. That's like the top top level.
1: Really? Yeah. Holy fuck! I looked up levels, and I just I couldn't find anything definitive. Yeah, like Tom
0: Cruise is clear.
1: I'm pretty sure. Holy
0: fuck! That's why he got that like super cool weird medallion thing.
1: Oh, he was like King Clear. Okay, well, fucking Burroughs was a clear as well. He was free from his uh, passionate mind and was able to direct himself places here and there and use his energy and create and manifest and destroy fucking ghosts and shit. But so his title within Scientology was called A Clear, but I, uh, I didn't realize that that was a title. So the title of that documentary, Going Clear is an excellent, excellent play on words and a great title for a documentary on leaving Scientology. Yes. And I didn't realize that until today. So yep. thanks Burroughs. You fucking
2: dick face. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my favorite interview, uh, was with Robocop, uh, in the, in this documentary. What? Peter Wellers. Oh, uh, yeah. He plays, uh, um, William S. Burroughs in, uh, Naked Lunch? Right, the Cronenberg one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um he the one with the glasses where he says man after everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good time, man. <laughs> yeah.
2: Burroughs was an asshole, man. And then when he says a story, like he woke up one day and he had a headache and he looked in his medicine cabinet and saw these pills and I forget what they were called. Pento benzoates. I don't know. And uh so he asked uh Burroughs, yeah, what are these? And he's like Gets right in his face, says it's smack, man, and <laughs> walks away. Oh, no. or it's junk. It's, it's junk, junk, man. It. <laughs> Robocop doesn't do junk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just huffs on those big cigars with those wicked glasses. Yeah. yeah he was the, like a partial narrator to this, too. I think he, yeah. he is the one that played uh, Robocop, right?
1: I believe so. I'm not 100%, but now that you're saying that. Yeah, I'm going to back it unsubstantiated. Do you know what Robocop is, Christian? No. Uh, he's a cop. <laughs> of a robo. Actually, he's a Robo. <laughs> no, he's not. He's a cyborg. Oh, yeah.
0: Technic. It's like some $6 million man shit where they're like, we have all the money in the world. We have yeah. $6 million. We're going to make the coolest human. Now it would be like, my pinky finger is worth $6 million. So you have to do like the $6 trillion man. $6 trillion dollar yes, man. Yes. Peter Weller was Robocop.
1: Cool. And Burroughs. And Burroughs. Yeah, what a career. Cool. Robocop would have arrested the shit out of William S. Burroughs.
2: Probably shot him. Yeah, just what right if, away.
0: Lit him up. Police Judge. Brutality.
2: So, I have uh, I have grabbed a documentary from our a little pile here. What? No way. Um, we're still doing that thing? We're still doing a thing. Oh,
0: fuck. Should we catching fish.
2: I... So, oh, this one I think is gonna be fucking weird. Oh, yeah, like not bad weird, just like this is a whacked out story. Yeah, cool. So, what you got? It's called I think We're Alone Now. Oh, oh yeah, fucking. this is super fucking weird. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> okay. do you know? Like I, by your reaction, I didn't know if you know what it is or not.
1: It's it's a song by um by Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany. Yeah. yeah. So this is well, about. You know, Tiffany is? this is a super fan oh
2: uh christian Ooh. christian Ooh. is a are you saying is a wait, tiffany super fan are you saying you're a super fan <laughs> no <laughs> what's the fucking talk about? <laughs> um two guys that were basically stalking tiffany oh yeah um, yeah jeff yeah. jeff and kelly jeff uh, they're they're in love with the 80s pop singer tiffany
1: Jesus Christ. Yeah. I guess we had yeah. to do it. We pulled it. It's
0: weird
2: and sad and super <laughs> oh. weird. And and, and oh. Kelly is a 38-year-old hermaphrodite from Denver, Colorado. Woo! We're still on the Burrows thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Claims to... Uh, they claim to have been uh, best friends with Tiffany as a teenager.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. That's fucking weird. There was a... There's, like... This is so off-fucking-topic, to but there's a tiny shitty parted out documentary done by a German guy who came all the way from Germany. You guessed it to Napanee where Avril Levine went to school and like toured through the high school, I think after hours and like drove around her old neighborhood and took pictures of the pizza place oh, that she used to work at. Yeah. It's super weird. It's poorly done and it's just, yeah, it's some fucking super fan shit, but this guy is old. Yeah. Yeah, same kind of thing, but I don't think he ever
2: liked
0: a, a little boy?
1: What was a little boy?
0: Christian. Is he in the documentary?
2: Uh, no. Well, see. maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Just We just see Christian walking down the street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little ice cream cone. You know who I'm not?
1: Avril Levine. Don't touch me.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to work with that. Ar- I almost used to work with
1: Avril's da- dad. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> My parents sold their old camper trailer to her parents. Oh, nice. Connections. Connections. I'm basically famous and I have Lyme disease. Oh, so does she. Your cousins. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Kissing
2: cousins.
0: <laughs> Dirty napany Lyme. Mm-hmm. Lyme.
2: Uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Cool. Um, so, yeah. So, this next one. So It's creepy. Uh, yeah. It's I'm, I'm looking at. Uh, cool. Is this like tickled creepy? I, I think Ooh, probably creepier. Rough. Ooh, yeah. here. So the, yeah. the one review on uh, on IMDb says like a car crash, hard to look away, but maybe you should. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: okay. Five, There's five, nothing redeeming. Though. Five
2: stars out of ten.
1: Five out of ten. Uh, I think
0: it gets better. It's just it's an interesting like doc on like. Character humans. study
2: on weird people.
0: Y- yeah. Yeah. You're just okay. like, oh, wow. It doesn't really. It's one of those docs that you're like, Jesus, it doesn't take a lot for a kid to see some fucked up shit, or just have weird things happen to them, and things just flip in your brain, Spot or out of control, there's just something, there's just some weird something wrong with them. Mm. So yeah,
1: like, oh, as long as this isn't some kind of I don't know, like it. It's weird. It's better, I guess. I was gonna say it's weirder or different, but it's none of those things. It's better if the person uh, the doc is about is some kind of. uh like murderer or like a terrible, terrible criminal. Like they only sell heroin to kids like eight and under that is worth talking about in a bad way, but like, um, rock fire explosion or it's no, very much like that. Yeah. Not tickled in this sense. Cause like that guy turned out to be a fucking monster in a weird way and a bit of an asshole. Um, I just, I hope that it's not some kind of freak show cause that's no, not, no.
2: it's, you got your tickets, okay? Ticket <laughs> on the ticket it says "Freak Show." Welcome to the fucking Freak Show. Yeah. All right. Well, so she- uh, everyone plan on being uh, uncomfortable next week? Okay, I'll wear my track pants. I'll just have some really unsettling music going in the background the entire episode. It's Tiffany, but sung by one hey, of these guys. Hear- yeah, it's really slowed down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Want to hear something crazy about this actual song? Always. Um, I had an idea for this song to be used in like a horror movie, yeah. Because like all poppy, like I think we're alone now, and like you could do some really weird shit with it. And then I forget what horror movie it was, but they used the song. Oh really? Yeah. And I was like, oh wow.
1: I remember you texting me about that, and then like a week later you sent me the link.
2: I was like, oh that was you.
0: no. That was someone else, but what yeah, that was weird. Pretty- yeah, yeah, that was weird.
2: Oh, but a good use. Yeah. They listened. The Huawei listened to you.
0: Yeah. Right. those crazy Chinese (laughs) horror documentaries yeah
2: okay gentlemen we'll be back with the uh, the freak show next week yeah
1: sorry everyone we tried but
2: see you next week did we try that hard though? not really not really (laughs) okay yeah we'll be back next week and uh, catch up on your Tiffany like listen to some songs okay I want you to go through the full discography okay okay I will and uh yeah Okay, Do it. gentlemen, we'll see you next week and uh, enjoy. Peace. Later.